0: Welcome to the Bold SLP Podcast. We are so happy that you're here and can't wait to share with you all of the amazing conversations we've been having. We are the co-founders of the Bold SLP Collective, and we are also your hosts, Lisa, Desi, and myself, Ingrid. Each of us has a variety of experiences in all things bilingual and bimodal speech-language pathology. You'll get to know us pretty well on here. We started this podcast to share our lived experiences, but also because we want to bring advocacy and cultural humility to the forefront of every speech therapy conversation. We hope that you'll join us each week, and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Bold SLP podcast. This is Ingrid, one of your hosts. I'm here by myself today. This is a special episode of our podcast. It is something that kind of just came to mind while I was visiting my parents uh, right after editing our episode with Deandra. I thought about how I'd never asked my mom and dad how their journey was in raising me and my sister as bilingual children. Um, So I've randomly asked my parents at the dinner table and the conversation was so good I begged them to record with me my mom said yes my dad was a little bit more shy he was just sitting there listening but they were both very instrumental in raising me bilingual and I hope that you enjoy uh, learning a little bit more about me through my mom Uh, and so I'm gonna kind of interweave it's gonna be a bilingual episode my mom was way more comfortable in Spanish so that's what we did but I will kind of come in with translations and uh, commentary as we go along with her responses. So, I hope that you enjoy this episode.
1: Madre, bienvenida. Hola, muy buenos tardes. Aquí en El Paso, Texas, es tardes. Eh, gracias por darme la oportunidad de expresarme y hablar acerca de la infancia de mi hija o cómo es que aprendió o es bilingüe. And, como nuestro primer idioma
0: Okay, so in the first part of this uh, episode, my mom introduces herself and she's letting you guys know that Spanish is her most comfortable language and that she's here to share with you um, about my childhood. Um, I also move on to my first question for her and do a little preamble of you know, our conversations. And just from listening to my mom and dad talk, I kind of concluded that their decision to parent me and raise me as a bilingual child was not on purpose. But once we were in it, then it was very intentional. And that's kind of how I prefaced my question, asking her, you know, how did she decide that I would be a bilingual child?
1: Bueno, desde el momento en que yo decidí que nacieran en otro país y sabía que el idioma era el inglés, también sabía que debían dominarlo. Entonces, por eso decidimos ir al estado de California por dos años, porque yo siempre investigué y aún y cuando no estaba tan bien informada, siempre se dijo que eran dos años mínimo para que pudieran no dominar al 100% otro idioma, pero sí tener las bases. Y tomamos esa decisión de ir a California. Ven, únete al grupo. Aquí viene también <laughs> mi mi esposo. Él ha sido gran parte de esto porque siempre hemos tomado las decisiones juntos. So, entonces por eso nos fuimos a California por dos años. Ya Ingrid iba a cursar tercero y cuarto de primaria.
0: So on this portion, my mom is talking about how. She didn't feel like she was that well well informed back then comparative to what she knows now. Um, But she had been told that we needed at least two years of immersion to become somewhat fluent in English. And she said that having me and my sister learn English was important to her since we had been born in the U.S. that she knew we would need the English eventually. So... Um, That was kind of the advice that she was given, you know, two years of immersion. She doesn't talk about uh, another factor that I have talked about. I think she was being shy just and not feeling as open. But the opportunity to go to California came up because my grandmother had a stroke. Um, But uh, like I've shared with you guys as well, like I always knew that the move was not permanent. I just didn't know that even my mom had that timeline in her brain, like two years. And that's it. That's what we need. And then my dad walked in, and she asked him to to join us, and he's like, "No, no, he just sat down quietly uh and she gave him his props. you know she said they take decisions together, they make decisions together, and he's a huge part of my my raising and me being bilingual and my sister being bilingual. So here is my next question for my mom."
1: Tenías libros de Chihuahua y no sabía yo si te los mandaban o si ya llevabas el plan o cómo fue. Oh, sí. Antes de irnos a California yo hice el plan con las maestras en México porque también sabía que ellas tenían que dominar o o aprender lo que era la historia y la geografía de México porque matemáticas y ciencias pues era más o menos lo mismo en cualquier idioma, pero aprender la historia de México, la geografía, pues lo tenía que aprender, entonces las maestras fueron muy amables y ellas nos enviaban los libros hasta California. Ya fuera con algún familiar que fuera a visitarnos y por las tardes era su su pasatiempo, o su distracción, porque nosotros no salíamos mucho fuera a pasear. Este, el tiempo lo aprovechábamos para aprender y explorar los libros de México. On this next
0: question? I ask my mom. Who advised her or how did she know? Where, where did this idea come from? Um, because I remember when we were in the U.S., we were in California. I was in third and fourth grade. My mom, had, my mom and dad had books from Mexico, from the curriculum in Mexico. They were in Spanish. It was the curriculum that most everyone was learning in public school. And so I asked her, who gave you that idea? Where were these books coming from? And I didn't even know the answer, but she said she came originally with some already and then teachers would send them Like the teachers that she knew in Mexico would get together with relatives of ours that were coming to California and bring the books, keep us kind of apprised that way. And so the reason why she did that, she said, is because she kind of had an idea that science and math were similar in both English and Spanish, but she didn't want us to fall behind, especially me being third and fourth grade. She didn't want me to fall behind in history or social studies or geography, um, Mexican history and all of that. So um, that's why she did it. So when we went back, we wouldn't be behind. So that was something new I learned. I wasn't sure Uh, I knew that the books were there. I just didn't know where they came from or why.
1: Y ayer también platicamos. ¿Tú te acuerdas igual que yo me acuerdo de lo instrumental que fue Miss Robledo? Ahí en la primaria. Yo he contado la historia de cómo, si yo tenía una pregunta, te la llevaba a ti. Y luego a ella le llevaba tu información y le gustaba aprender de ti la maestra. Sí, eh, la maestra Miss Robledo fue clave para el desarrollo el, el aprendizaje porque ella siempre como que estaba atenta a lo que Ingrid podía aportar como niña que hablaba bien el español, de hecho ella siempre hacía correcciones, eh, siempre estaba observando a ver cómo se decían ciertas palabras y todo eso. Ella fue clave para que siguiera con su español y a la vez aprendiera el inglés una maestra excelente que cuando nos regresamos a Chihuahua ella lloró y quería que le dejara a Ingrid me decía déjamela aquí yo me hago cargo de ella ella tiene mucho potencial fue la primera maestra aquí en Estados Unidos que me habló del potencial que Ingrid tenía le dije no se preocupe ella no se va a quedar atrás yo si pudiera tener la oportunidad de volverla a ver saludarla lo haría con gusto pero pues la distancia es grande so this part was really happy, not sad, just like
0: emotional and melancholic for me to hear because it's funny that both my mom and I have that fond memory of um, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Robledo. I spoke about her in my episode in season one. She was my third grade teacher and I'd only been in the U.S. for a few months and in second grade, and then it was summertime, and then third grade came along. So I was a little bit better in my English than I was in second grade the few months, but she was so kind. And my mom remembers just how the word my mom uses is so important to me. She says she found ways to kind of highlight what i could do as a spanish speaker so instead of treating me like i was behind just because i didn't speak english she found ways that i could still contribute to the class even though i was an english language learner which is what i was called back then um and there was no eld program there was no bilingual program in that school um so she was a heritage speaker of Spanish. And she loved so much to learn Spanish from me and from my mom. And my mom has those same memories of me, of how just humble and kind she was and how she made school fun and feasible and possible for me, even though I didn't understand English. And so she talks about how if she could see her again, she would love to see her and just, you know, thank her for believing in me and my potential Especially in that very vulnerable state that I was in, you know, being a recent immigrant and not knowing any English.
1: Sí, la hemos buscado en el Facebook y no, pero creo que sigue en esa primaria. A ver si le mando un mensaje. Ojalá y pudiéramos tener la oportunidad porque ella siempre me motivó. De hecho, yo siempre estaba involucrada en la educación, participaba como voluntaria. Y ella me daba a mí como acceso a leerles leer los libros en español. Siempre me incluyó. Yo siempre fui partícipe de la educación de mis hijas. no, no hablas inglés? Oh, no, no. Pues yo me defendía como podía. <laughs> Hacía lo que podía para estar involucrada en la educación de ustedes. So this part was also really
0: important for me, for you guys to hear about my mom. She's talking about how this teacher Mrs. Robledo she you know invited her into the classroom and you know my mom didn't speak any English either but she invited her to read books in Spanish to the class and just be a volunteer and be involved in my education and my sister's education Um, and that was really important for me to see but I asked her I said you would do all of that even though you didn't speak English And she goes, yeah, I defended myself any way I could. Um, And so just hearing my mom say that, it's what I grew up seeing. That's what I know. You know, she's always stood up for herself, for us. And she didn't care. She would go in there and ask for an interpreter, uh, even just being a few months in the U.S. Um, And yeah, we had scary moments, but she just always showed us to not be ashamed of where we came from. And also advocate for ourselves. Sí. Y
1: luego ya de regreso a México. Dos años después, dos. cuando pasaron los dos años, yo dije, me regreso. Yo no me gustaba el ambiente de las escuelas acá y el barrio donde vivíamos no era un buen barrio para que ellas se desarrollaran. Yo dije, dos años, nos regresamos, llevábamos ahora los libros en inglés. Llevábamos las películas en inglés, todo era en inglés en México. Ellas ya no veían una película en español o leían un libro en español. Eso lo aprendían en la escuela y en la casa ya era puro inglés. So we get to the part where I asked my mom, okay, so then we go to Mexico
0: after two years. So I finished fourth grade and then we went back to Mexico right after fourth grade ended. And she said, yeah. And, you know, she was saying she was concerned with the neighborhood that we were in in California. It wasn't the greatest. And she was worried about that. And just, you know, the plan had already always been to go back. And then, of course, her family is back there. So in our home, we had a home. So just we went with the plan. But she was saying um, very intentionally again. And I didn't know this. Even though I lived it, I hadn't thought about it. They brought all the books that they could in English. They brought all the movies that they could in English. And so she said from then on, home, all our media access, music, movies, shows, books. She said we were going back to Mexico and I didn't want you to lose all the English you had gained. So um, home was English from then on. And shes I remember that. Yes, she's right. I just didn't know that that had been an intentional plan that her and my dad had made. So. I learned something new in that conversation.
1: Y te pregunté el otro día dónde se te ocurrió, cómo sabías, tenías idea de los estilos de, de cómo la inmersión y el lenguaje dual, todo ese vocabulario lo conocías o fue así? no? Realmente fue fue pura intuición de madre, puedo decir, es de que pues si ya habíamos hecho el sacrificio para que aprendieran el inglés en dos años, no lo íbamos a tirar. Al borde, así de que, ay, ah, a les olvidó, lo dominan mal. Este, siempre quisimos que que vivieran en el ambiente bilingüe. O sea, cuando ellas veían películas en inglés y, pues, se si jugaban con las primas o así era en español. O de hecho, también ya estaban aprendiendo a sus primos a, a ver películas en inglés. So I
0: move on to ask my mom about this, um, these concepts that we know now about bilingual parenting you know the one parent one language and dual language immersion and all of these um different ways of raising bilingual children if she had any idea and if she had a plan (laughs) and she said no and says that mostly it was just her intuition and you know just thinking we had spent two years in the U.S. and that had been a huge sacrifice um, and she didn't want that to go to waste. So she wanted us to hold on to as much English as we could and keep developing our English. Um, so we did have English classes in our schools in Mexico, but she said it was all very basic until I got to my private school at the high school level.
1: Chihuahua, también tenía clases en inglés en la secundaria. Pero así, básica. lo básico. Pero yo siempre platico del TEC de Monterrey. Cuando me preguntan dónde aprendí inglés, pues poquito en California, pero mi inglés de educación, de nivel educativo es del TEC de Monterrey. Sí, ya fue en la preparatoria. En la secundaria pues, fue el nivel básico. De hecho, ahí fue cuando Ingrid tuvo dificultades con la maestra de inglés porque ella le corregía. (laughs) <laughs> le corregía la pronunciación y pues a la maestra no le agradaba ¿eh? que la estudiante la no que la avergonzara sino que Ingrid pues lo hacía por por bien de la maestra pero ahí fue donde estuvo un no vamos a decir un problema ¿verdad? pero sí la maestra como que no veía bien. She
0: also throws me under the bus right there and says that I had a problem or not quite a problem with my English teacher in middle school. I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but yes, I got in trouble for correcting her pronunciation and her grammar a lot. Um, And I'm sorry about that now that I know better, but yes, I, she was laughing and throwing me under the bus saying I would embarrass my teacher and she had to go over there and, you know, deal with my
1: misbehavior all the
0: time. (laughs) Oh gosh. And then we move on to my high school career here.
1: Pues ya terminando la secundaria, este, ella como fue siempre una estudiante de excelencia, se ganó una beca. El TEC de Monterrey, si algunos de ustedes saben, pues es un campus que es caro, es para gente rica realmente. Cuando a ella le ofrecieron esa beca, mi esposo decía, pero ¿cómo vamos a hacer? Aunque sea el 10% el que vayamos a pagar, pues... Es mucho. Eran miles de dólares. Eran, sí, miles de dólares. Se pagaba por semestre. Él decía, es mucho. y Yo le decía, pues de alguna manera le vamos a hacer, porque yo vi que mi mamá hizo esos sacrificios para que nosotros estudiáramos. Entonces, yo vengo de una familia que ha sacrificado muchas cosas por el estudio. Y lo logramos, lo logramos. Ella cursó cuatro semestres. En el TEC de Monterrey, con una beca de 90% por ser una estudiante de excelencia, pero el 10% aún así era bastante.
0: So she talks about how I was admitted into this private school. Very expensive. She says it's for rich people. And it was. I mean, we had tuition and it was thousands of dollars uh, without the scholarship. And I ended up getting a, a pretty much a full ride. It was like a 90 or 80% scholarship. And I had to do some... Um, student like work study um, in the afternoons but still you know with that much covered it was still a lot of money for us and um, she talks about how she had to do it because that's how she grew up her parents sacrificing a lot for her to go to school her and her siblings so um, that was just something that she carried from her upbringing to prioritize education and educational opportunities and that's kind of how i ended up in that very prestigious and exclusive private school and so she talks about how you know that went for me and how that's where my level in e- of english grew even more and when i uh opened up you know expanded onto french right there
1: ella siempre desde chiquita dijo que quería estudiar in Yo no sabía que era NMU hasta que ya empezamos a investigar y siempre se me aconsejó que viniera un año antes a su mínimo a su senior year para que empezara a validar las clases y empezar a trabajar con el GPA, que también para mí era algo desconocido y aplicar a las becas y eso ya, entonces nos venimos ya definitivamente a vivir a Estados Unidos pero decidimos que aquí en la frontera para poder estar yendo y viniendo, o sea, no desligarnos de lo que era nuestra cultura, pero también aprender de la cultura de aquí Estados
0: Unidos. Well, we move on and I kind of brought up our first experience in a high school in the U.S. Um, it was a high school in San Antonio when I transferred over and just You know, to give you an idea of the level of the high school, the private school I came from, um, they knew I was transferring to a high school in the U.S. So they gave me an official transcript that was in English. Um, So whenever I came to San Antonio, all of my courses were, you know, counted. I didn't have to go backwards. I didn't have to redo anything. And so I remember very vividly giving them the transcript and talking to the counselors, And I think we're about to get into that in this conversation. But um, yeah, my mom just talks about how I always wanted to go to NMSU. So really staying at that private school wasn't ever the plan for me. Uh, Whether we all moved as a family to the U.S. or not, I wanted to go to university in the U.S. So I don't know why. I think because driving from Chihuahua to California... On i ten, we drove by NMSU all the time, and you're just getting older and looking into what they offered, and just I don't know, something within me was like I'm gonna go to NMSU whenever I grow up. It just it just seemed like the thing to do for me. I, I can't explain it. Mom talks about how we ended up on uh, in El Paso, a border town. She feels that it's a place that allowed our family to stay connected to our culture because we were going back and forth a lot. Chihuahua was about four hours south of El Paso. And then she felt, you know, we could be connected to our culture, but also learn about the new culture that we were living in now permanently when we moved here when I was in my junior year of high school.
1: Sí, ya, y yo no sé, pero cuando llegamos aquí a hablar con la consejera, me acuerdo que yo veía a Ingrid tan desenvuelta en el inglés y le decía, Ay, yo no sabía que hablabas el inglés tan bonito. O sea, lo hablaba tan perfecto, casi como la consejera o como cualquier maestro, ¿verdad? Eh, fluido, perfecto. Yo no sabía, nunca te había escuchado hablar inglés. Dice, pues, ¿para qué crees que estabas pagando? <risa> estabas pagando para eso. O sea, ella hablaba el inglés perfecto. Y las consejeras se quedaban asombradas que porque sí venía de México Ella tenía ese nivel de, de inglés, pero, pues, todo tiene una razón. Ya traía ella su recorrido desde tercero y cuarto de primaria. Mm-hmm. So she tells the story that I've told before
0: on several of our episodes. Um, I think in Jordan's episode and and then my own, um, how when she saw me talk to the counselors here about, you know, my classes and everything. She was shocked to hear how um fluidly how easily I spoke English. She said, "You sounded just like the teachers. You sounded just like the counselors." And I didn't know that you spoke English like that. Um and I'm about to tell her, you know, that's what you paid all that money for. <laughs>
1: Perfecto. Y los consejeros se quedaban asombradas que porque sí venía de México, ella tenía ese nivel de, de inglés. Pero, pues todo tiene una razón. Ya traía ella su recorrido desde tercero y cuarto de primaria.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that she used the word recorrido. It's kind of like a journey or path um she's saying you know the people who were like wow she speaks English like this and she's coming from Mexico and they were kind of incredulous and she said well everything has its reason you already had your journey and it started you know that second third and fourth grade in California and on so you know your English your bilingual journey uh, it didn't just it's not a static experience and I just really love that she used that word to describe it Recorrido.
1: Por eso me dio coraje. No sé si te he platicado, no les he platicado una señora que me dijo: Ah, estás casada con un gringo, por eso hablas inglés también. Oh, no. Le dije: No, yo hablo inglés bien por mis papás y por, por la escuela de México, no por las escuelas de aquí. No, no, ellas ya traían el nivel de inglés. Y las dos, Ingrid un poco más porque ella estaba más madura, más de edad pero no las dos ya traían su nivel de inglés, si no perfecto, pues casi perfecto. Que lo hayan ido ampliando con el paso de los años y la educación, pues es diferente. Si no, no, no fue por los gringos que tenemos de yernos. Ahora nosotros sí lo tenemos que practicar un poco más, o un mucho más con los, los nietas, con los yernos. So I tell her and my dad a story, even though my dad is
0: quiet, but he's right there. We're all at the dinner table. I, I, don't, I don't know if I told her before. It happened about a year ago. Someone heard me speak Spanish and they were surprised. And they were like, whoa, I didn't know that you spoke Spanish. And then I said, yeah, I speak both, you know. And she goes, and I told her, well, I grew up in Mexico. And she goes, oh, but you speak English so well. And I'm like, yeah, you know. And so she just didn't even wait for me to answer. And she said, oh, your husband must be white. That's why your English is so good. And I'm like, no, my English is good because of my parents and because of Mexican schools, my schools in Mexico, not because of my gringo husband. (laughs) And so my mom laughs and she's like, oh, no. She says, if anything, you know, Her and my dad, their English, they have to keep it up and practice it more because we did marry. um, Both my sister and I married um, English speakers. So we have children who also speak English. And so mom and dad kind of have to keep up with their English, not just for work, but for our husbands. And she's like, not, she's just kind of laughing it off. But
1: yes. Y tú cuando llegaste aquí, luego luego a clases de, de inglés? de clases de inglesas second language, Mm ESL, ¿por qué? Porque cuando timbraba el teléfono hasta miedo me daba levantarlo si era de la escuela y no entendía, Eh, llegaban las cartas, no las sabía leer y yo dije, no, pues si ya estamos en este país, tenemos que aprender el idioma A mí siempre se me dio un poquito desde México las clases básicas y yo había tomado unos cursos, o sea, no venía tan... En cero se me daba más la escritura y la lectura. Yo decía que lo sabía leer 80%, pero pues lo leía a mi manera. <laughs> y sí, empezamos luego, luego. En ese verano que llegamos a tomar clases de inglés. En las tardes nos íbamos. al community college. A, in the community college, a tomar clases de inglés para adultos. Éramos adultos, puros adultos.
0: So in this part of the conversation, I asked my mom why they decided to take esl courses english as a second language courses at the community college and i didn't know this but she said because she was petrified of answering the phone when they first moved here she was really anxious when letters would come or documents from our school would come in english and so she just decided like she didn't want if they were going to stay here permanently she didn't want to live like that so they um both her and my dad that summer right after we moved to the U.S., they decided to go learn English.
1: Llegaste aquí con certificado de high school, un poco como bachelors de yo, Sí, yo allá solamente estudié una vocacional en negocios y contabilidad, pero yo allá trabajé muy poco, o sea, no ejercí porque me casé joven. Pero sí, yo tenía eso. De hecho, yo no fui una buena estudiante en México. No tenía la madurez suficiente hasta que llegué a este país y en otro idioma. Te dijeron que tenías ADD. <laughs> sí, yo ahora que entiendo más los conceptos de educación, yo digo, pues sí, yo creo que sí tenía eso porque yo no me concentraba. Era súper inquieta.
0: So then we move on to my mom's journey here, her bilingualism journey. She talks about how she did have some interest in languages earlier on in some basics in English. Uh, And then she talks about how she didn't come from Mexico with a degree. It was more of like a vocational kind of school. It was in business and accounting. Um, But she feels that she didn't kind of work a lot long enough. She got married young and then I was born and my sister was born. So her schooling, she says she feels she didn't really like focus. (laughs) And then I laugh because... And now that she's been in school here in the US they've you know kind of ascertained that she probably has ADD. And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know why I had to come to this country and learn in another language and figure this out about myself, but back then I just wasn't a good student."
1: Sí, poco a poco o sea, de que le fue agarrando sabor a la escuela, empecé clases de ASL, y luego ya Remediales, porque yo en mi vida se me dieron los números de ahí pues empecé una clase otra hasta que logré obtener mi asociado mm-hmm. en educación y ya de ahí pues, sí, dije pues, sí, voy bien le voy a seguir aquí pisé por primera vez una universidad
0: she talks about how she started off just going for her associates and then she finished that and she felt like she was doing good so she would just keep going but she uses a phrase that I love she said um, here in the U.S. was the first place where she ever set foot in a university so my mom has her master's now and I can't believe that she came here not even speaking English and just a few years later she had a master's degree she's talking about yeah I don't know why (laughs) why it was that it went that way but little by little with remedial classes one class here one class there um she got to the univ to a university for the first time ever in her life
1: (laughs) como adulta si gradué de UTEP como adulta a mis 42 años más o menos ayer dijiste que en la graduación de la maestría dijeron Que se levantaran los que eran abuelos y tú ya eras. Ya era abuela, sí, cuando gradué de la maestría, porque ya cuando terminé mi bachelor's, dije, bueno, pues sí puedo con una maestría. Y seguí todavía y sí lo logré. Y Ingrid estaba viendo ayer los transcripts y mi GPA no es tan malo como, <risa> como hubiera sido, de hecho yo no le... Es el mejor GPA que yo en la maestría. Sí, a mi papá le decía, mire, aquí están los grados que no le di cuando era joven y lo me decía, pero pues no me entiendo qué es esto de un 3, un 4, no sé, no entiendo. Le digo, pues aquí están los grados que no le di. Y sí, sí logró verlos, mi papá, la maestría ya no, porque desgraciadamente... Falleció, de hecho, cuando él enfermó, yo estuve a punto de dejar de estudiar porque sí era muy pesado, no me podía concentrar sabiendo que él estaba enfermo. Y luego yo viajaba a Chihuahua cada fin de semana y tomando clases fue difícil, pero sí lo logré. Ese semestre no me fue tan bien, pero lo logré. So this part is really sweet because
0: I love this about my mom. She finds like any excuse to bring up her dad into conversation <laughs> her dad passed away when i was pregnant with my first daughter um so she's talking about how she didn't get to show him her master's degree graduation you know he'd passed away but she would show him her grades and he would be like what are those threes and fours i don't understand but she had a really good gpa she had a better gpa than i did in grad school I had her be in undergrad, but in grad school, she had a better GPA than me. Um, as she was saying, it would have been even better if my grandpa wouldn't have been sick. And she talks about how she was traveling to see him every weekend to Chihuahua. So, um, And then she also tells the story about how at her master's graduation, she was already a grandma. and my My daughter was an infant. I want to say she was probably a few months old. And um, she was kind of trying to figure out how old she was. I'm thinking she was 47. Yeah, she had me when she was 21. And I had my daughter when I was 26. So she said that, you know, when they take turns saying, everybody who's a parent, stand up. Everybody who's a grandparent, stand up. That they do that in the graduation ceremonies. And she stood up when they said anybody who's a grandparent. And all the people around her were like thinking she didn't understand because she looks so young. But yeah. Fun stories. I love hearing that. And I I didn't know that that about her and my grandpa that she was showing him her grades and telling him, look, now I finally am able to get good grades, the good grades I never got for you when I was little. (laughs) Such a sweet story.
1: Yo siempre platicó eso de que las escuelas de aquí no me hubieran dado el mismo nivel de acceso al español que tuve. I
0: feel like it would be impossible for me to replicate the same experience for my own children. And she agrees completely and then... She kind of goes into the differences between the school system here and the school system in the U.S. So we kind of cut that down because we even started talking about the school that I went to. And, you know, just that was the first time that I I really realized that we were not rich at all. So it was kind of just a funny conversation. And you can even hear my dad get in there, too. But this last question I asked her, uh, what would you say to families here in the U.S. who are trying to raise their children? Um, as bilinguals, and we will end it with that. I'll come back and kind of summarize it. And But, yeah, this is my mom, and what advice she would give to families now.
1: Pues que luchen y que busquen todos los recursos que les ofrezcan, que los aprovechen, porque aun en que aquí existen muchos recursos económicos, muchas personas no las aprovechan. No saben cómo, no se involucran. Lo más importante es involucrarse siempre en la educación. Estar de mano a mano con los maestros de sus hijos, para que puedan conocer qué oportunidades se les brinda, de de otra manera se desaprovechan las oportunidades, hay personas que ni saben todo lo que existe, eso les diría yo, que aprovechen y que no les dé vergüenza. Aunque no, no, aunque no hablen inglés, <laughs> pidan un intérprete. Yo siempre andaba, well, necesito un intérprete. Mm-hmm. Sino que no les dé vergüenza y que luchen. Eso es lo más importante.
0: So I feel bad even coming in, because my mom's last words is to fight, to fight, luchen. Um That is her advice to families here today and now, uh, and it does feel like a fight a lot of the times. Uh, And one other major thing she said is to take advantage of everything that's available and also dig deep into what's available. Find out what resources are available for you and don't be embarrassed to go in there and ask and fight and get an interpreter and keep asking and keep fighting. Um, I really enjoyed sharing a little bit of my life, a little side of my life that you didn't know before. Uh, My mom, she is you know, everything. She is why I am who I am. And I have her voice and I have her black hair, but I also feel like I have that fight in me that I got from her. We have this joke with her. She puts on her lipstick really extra thick whenever she's going to, you know, talk business with people going to go give them the business. So I've always seen her like that, that just like spark and A fighter for us and for our well-being and for our growth and and yeah i'm i hope that you enjoyed listening to her because i sure enjoyed recording this episode with her and i will just echo my mom's last words for anyone who's raising bilingual children and is an immigrant you just keep fighting Thank you for listening and supporting the Bold SLP Collective. You can find a closed captioned version of this podcast on our YouTube channel. We will also have show notes on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you do all the podcast things. Follow, subscribe, download, and review. And don't forget, we love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram at the Bold SLP Collective. Stay bold and humble. See you next time.